What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, what do you got? All right, guys. So we talked about the BT Awards a little bit yesterday, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. bit. Shout out to you, queen. But I actually wanted to mention that I saw how Jack Harlow stepped in and interrupted Miss Sweetie while she was doing an interview to introduce himself and say hello. Now, a lot of people are saying that he did that to shoot his shot. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. So he got asked about it. And he said, oh, what, we can't just say hello and introduce ourselves now? Like, it has to be us going up to a girl and shooting our shot. But if you see the video, kind of looks like he's trying to do a move. I don't know. But then I thought about it. You guys are all, you know, you guys are guys. You guys, well, Sedano's married, so is LZ. And Cap is hinged. (laughs) I know he's not married and he's against me you know he's not anyways I'm not getting into that so anyways you guys have all done your dirt I'm sure so what was the craziest way that you guys shot your shot for somebody and did it work first of all oh. did you see what she was wearing she looked good man Hell yeah, he gonna say yes. I ain't trying to listen to him. Tomorrow, so I'm just saying hi. Man, stop it. If she was wearing a captain, you would have kept on walking. Right? Girl was doing the damn thing. She did look good. She looked good. Um. Oh, damn. She does look good. Oh, okay. I'm just watching the video now. <laughs> I mean, you okay, you did say hi, but you said hi for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. I'm trying to think. You, Greg, you had one. I'll start with Greg because he had yeah, one. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I mean, it was embarrassing for me, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I was at a club dancing with a girl and uh, like a, with a bunch of friends, and she was a part of that friend group. And I, we were talk, we were dancing and talking, and I go, "I'm into you," and then she just kind of like stared at me. So I just turned around real fast and went over to my friends, and then the rest of my friends from from now on, still to this day. Will just walk, walk up to me like I'm into you. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. I can't think of one off the top of my head, man. It was a long time ago. You know what I mean? So, but that's funny. I got one swing and miss. Yeah. That I can think of. Okay. So, do you remember the original cast of uh, Queer Eye? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the stylist guy, Cayenne Douglas, mm-hmm. is straight up my type. Like, okay. not even like joking around. And I had a chance to sit next to him at this movie premiere in New York years ago. And I was like, oh, here's my chance. Yeah, I'm about to do this move. You know, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, by the end of the movie, everybody's crying. And so that really wasn't the right opportunity to try and make a move, but I tried anyway. Right. (laughs) And it didn't take. Not only did it not take Cap, I, I'm pretty sure I came across as a sociopath because who watches this movie and then decides to hit on somebody immediately afterwards? <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Oh, man, that's great. I one time had a uh, girl in a radio studio who was there um, playing guitar. And um, I could feel like I thought something was happening here. And so um, when the radio show ended, I tried to be gentlemanly and walk her out of the studio and out of the building. And um, at the end of it, I was like, um, so, and I was like, gosh, just ask her for a number. Just, just do it. So I was like, um, can I get your number? And she said this to me. She goes, is it for personal reasons or professional reasons? And I said, oh, <laughs> I wow. said, wow, that was a full Ouch. stop right there. Yep. Yeah. Ouch. I said, for personal reasons. 
And she went, oh, okay, yeah, here you go. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, that actually worked. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah, Look and then that. I've got stories that happened thereafter that are just not, I cannot tell them on the radio, but, mm. but they're good. I was not expecting her to say, yeah, here yeah. you go. Yeah, I, I thought that was going to end poorly for <laughs> yeah. you as yeah. well. No, it ended really, really well. But then it was kind of weird because then. Oh, that was a lot of reallys in that well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of months later, she married this girl, and I was like, wait, but. I nice word, we, Cap. Yeah, I know. Lost <laughs> another one. <laughs> you did. Did you have the man bun? Is that why? No, no, man bun. Man bun was gone by this time. Hmm. Man bun had already been cut off. All right, Maybe you were like is... the test pilot. Yeah. That is what you need to know. Oh, LZ, you may be right on on that. You might have been, yeah. All right. That is what she you was need like, to know. Nah, this ain't for me. <laughs> I really, really like you. Is this, is this the best they got? Uh, I'm good. I'm going to stay a Lakers fan. I tried the Clippers, but nah, I'm not doing that. It didn't work out for me. Did not work out. They ain't got no banners on that in rafters. I can't do this. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Um, speaking of the Lakers... So Flea has sent out a tweet, okay? He has sent out a tweet about the Lakers, and he has made a plea. Flea has made a plea to the a Lakers. A flea plea, if you will. Yes, he says, Dear Lakers, you know you have my lifetime loyalty, win, lose, or tie, Lakers till I die. If you could be so kind to acquire Dame or Colin Sexton, I would be most appreciative and do a wild naked dance of joy out in the street. Did he say which streets? No, he did not. Okay. Just trying to know where to avoid. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Mr. Sedano? I mean, look, I just think Dame is too hard to get without trade. Unless you're gonna trade Anthony Davis, you know what I mean? Or you're well, going. The Clippers to- are trading Kawhi Leonard. Why not? Just- <laughs> well, the Clippers aren't really trading Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Stephen A. is making a suggestion there. Um, but, uh, so I don't see that happening. I mean, barring some crazy, like, three, four, five team deal that I don't, I can't see coming because, first of all, that's too hard to predict um, and figure out. Uh, Colin Sexton is an interesting play because he's still on a rookie deal. However, even though I like him, he's still young. He's still a growing player. He has a lot of warts. Do you want that on LeBron's timeline? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it works either, you know? I just think that um, if LeBron decides that Dame is his guy, then I, I just don't rule out the possibility. I understand what you're saying, George, about how difficult it might be and how unrealistic it probably really is. But I, I just go back to the Rams and the way the Rams were able to move on from Jared Goff. Most of us all assumed, wrongly so, that there just was no way to get out from underneath the contract. And they creatively found a way. Uh, now, granted, they didn't trade him uh, you know, to somebody that they got to see twice a year. But um, I just feel like if you really want to make it happen, and particularly when the players want to make it happen, that it's just not totally out of the realm of possibility, even though it's probably a low percentage shot. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. My thing, and I talk about this all the time, is Rashard Lewis, who at the time had the richest contract in the league and can barely do what he was signed to do, which is knock down three-pointers. And we were just like, oh, my God, no one's ever going to trade for that contract. 
and then that track contract got traded for. So after I saw that, I was like, going, you know what? All you need is one. All well, you I, need I, is one. But I don't think this is a. I don't think this is a bad contract situation. And also, the math no. changed on Richard Lewis a little bit. Like, in, as far as the league salary cap grew, you know what I mean? Like that. He that was not made, worth whatever. It didn't change no, no, enough to justify it, it, his salary. But it made it more palatable for teams to make that move, and it worked out. I mean. You know, like or Orlando. Are you talking about his deal with Orlando or are you talking about the deal he got in Seattle? The deal he got in Orlando. Oh, okay. But nonetheless, I mean, they got to the finals. You know what I mean? Like, so. And not um, because of him, though, man. Come on. That was Turkaloo and Jameer and Dwight, no, of course. Played, he played well on that team. Like, he wasn't like some Not $100 million worth of well. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Um, so. Nonetheless, I don't think that that's the problem with Dame. Like, the contract's not the problem. It's just you don't have the assets if you're the Lakers. I mean, well, that's, that part's true if you're the Lakers, which is why, you know, you just need one. One team to help you. Yeah, but you think somebody's going to help the Lakers? Well, let me ask you guys How we get Anthony Davis? Well, but that was I'm only going to the Lakers, and they had assets. If they didn't have stuff to give up, it wasn't going to happen. If you could straight up trade, and just play hypothetical for a minute, if you could straight up trade Dame Lillard for Anthony Davis, fellas, would you do it? No. No. I didn't take long at all, did it, George? No, it really didn't. There was no consideration at all. There wasn't even like, let me think about it. Nope. Why are we thinking about something crazy? Yeah. Nope. Zero. I'm out. I'd do it. You You have to understand what Anthony Davis is when healthy. An extraterrestrial. Yes. Yeah. I'm 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 just down on what happened this year with the injuries and I'm very worried about the future with injuries and I just feel like you know the game is about who can shoot three-point shots and you got one of the best guys in Lillard and I'm just I, I would have to really really give it thought whereas you guys both said immediately absolutely not I'm actually saying if I had to think about Anthony Davis and his future and what I'm projecting are his injuries versus Lillard in a league that's all about bombing threes, I got to give that real consideration. But I guess I'm on my own on this one. Yeah, probably. Um, because what Anthony Davis does on the defensive side of the ball is so unique mm-hmm. and so difficult to replicate. Whereas what Dame does on the defensive side of the ball, um, none of those words come to mind. Correct. Well, yet again, I stand over here, a man on an island, a man ready to trade Anthony Davis for Dame Lillard. I'm all by myself. I'm sure there's some other people. I'm sure Dame Lillard wouldn't mind. (laughs) (laughs) He probably would mind, though. Would he want to come here if Anthony Davis wasn't here? I mean, play with LeBron? Play with LeBron for, like, being, for a couple of years. Be in L.A. Yeah, but the I mean, I don't I mean how many mind. times can you go to that Rose happen. restaurant at the Kempton Hotel? I've talked about this already. Yeah. <laughs> one hotel, one restaurant town, huh? Man, it's, it's it's not that bad. It's not Indianapolis. But no, you know, no. But you know, he's been there a while. He has been and there a while, and he's an Oakland guy. Right. And now I, I think that he's going to give it one more year. If I had to guess, or at least to see how the season starts, I think he's going to give it a shot. But I don't think he's long for Portland if they don't make big moves here this offseason. That, that's just and, my and personal. I actually don't know what the moves could be other I don't than either. coaching. I don't either. Made, I'm, right? 
I mean, you have CJ, but I mean, who's giving up something for CJ? I mean, could could Philly say, yeah, we'll give you Ben Simmons. We just want somebody that can shoot to play with. But I just don't think CJ McCollum. I mean, we know what CJ McCollum is. You know, a nice player. He's a really good player. But I don't know if he's like second best. He, I don't think he's second but, but best player have, on a championship I, I, team. Well, we don't know. But what I do know is that I'm, I'm not quite sure what the Portland Trailblazers are trying to be now. Yeah. Like, what's I the philosophy? Even... That's a Chauncey Billups question. Congratulations, Chauncey. That's a question for him yeah. to figure out what they are now. Then that would inform what you do in terms of making moves. More. We could discuss it. Let's keep it going on the other side. Plus, a very special anniversary. If you are an L.A. Dodger fan, we'll have that coming up for you in just a moment. Stick around. We'll be back in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Fernando ready in the strike two pitch. Is hit back to the box, dribbling to second. Samuel on the bag, close to first double play. Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no-hitter at 10-17 in the evening of June the 29th, 1990. If you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky. 31 years ago today. Vince Scully on the call. Fernando Mania. No-hitter. Still don't understand why that man doesn't have some sort of uh, accolades. Uh, Where's the or statue? Or, I don't want some sort. Some sort of acknowledgement. Sort. I want specific. He needs a statue. A statue. For a whole myriad of reasons. Starting with the story we all know about the very construction of the stadium in which he played. For and the sure. people impacted by it. Mm-hmm. And what his presence means to those people. Mm-hmm. And what his presence meant to the city. Mm-hmm. And helping to heal after that history of how that stadium was built. Correct. So for that alone, he is worthy. But he also did something that no other pitcher that I can think of in recent memory has done for a franchise. Which is taking a team and made them an essential element of the that community's folklore in the capacity that he is he's a cultural icon correct and i don't really know very many pitchers other than perhaps obviously jackie robinson who can have that kind of conversation in terms of being a cultural icon not just a great pitcher but a cultural icon the fact that he doesn't have a statue is very disappointing well some sort of acknowledgement would be nice i think um it was actually disappointing that this past season that there are just there wasn't a ton of acknowledgments. Period uh, about him. I believe that there was a, another anniversary with him recently this past season that wasn't acknowledged even by the team. I mean, this um, now perhaps it was acknowledged by the team, and I must I may have missed. I know Vin tweeted this out about mm-hmm. um, about Fernando. 
But yeah, it, it does feel like he doesn't get enough love, is what I would say. I wonder why that is, though. You know, I mean, I, I really don't know an answer, and maybe you guys have a stronger answer or opinion about this, but, you know, he was so great for the Dodgers for so many years. Um, and then, by the way, after his playing days were over, he came back and broadcast for the Dodgers on the Spanish-speaking um, broadcast. So he was still part of the familia, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I really do wonder, and, and I don't have an answer, and I know there's been changes of ownership over the Dodgers from when he played. There's been several different ownership changes. I'm just curious. Some like, better than others. Absolutely right on. <laughs> you know, uh, Some really super uh, tabloid interesting, more so than others. But I do wonder, like organizationally speaking, uh, right now, why the Dodgers, I mean, again, given the, the climate of America today, why they don't do right by Fernando and, and do something. Uh, again, you say statue, great idea. George says acknowledgement, something, just something. And I wonder why that is. Like, why current Dodger ownership, who, by the way, if you're listening this afternoon, like, think about that. Like, oh, you know what? Why oh, don't you we? You don't have to do that because we had Stan Kasten on Ask Me Straight Up. What did he say? He said that there was a process and, you know. Oh, that's nonsense. I mean, no, it's not nonsense. We understand what the process is. Which is? You know, you typically have to be, what do you say, a Hall of Famer? Right. <laughs> you know, which lends ourselves to another part of this conversation. Why isn't baseball put him in the Hall of Fame? But, you know, it's... I, I think this is a case of, to your point, Cap, change in, constant change in ownership, so they missed that, that fever, right? They don't yeah. understand really what he meant at the time in which he was playing. And it's hard to explain because of where we are today. Yeah, but I, I, you know what I gotta say. <clears throat> Admittedly, as a as a kid, you know, when you when you look back to 1980 through 1990, his years with the Dodgers, I'm a kid. You know, you guys were kids too, so I don't really feel like I have that grasp either. Um, but all I would have to do is is walk around, talk to people, understand what Fernando Valenzuela meant to the Dodgers, meant to L.A., and then if I'm an owner. Uh, if I'm a CEO, I make a decision. And the decision, it would seem to me, would be very simple to make. And again, whether it's a statue or it's something else, whatever it may be, this is an important part of Dodger history. And you would think that there should be some acknowledgement. Well, I also think you can make exceptions. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it doesn't have to be in the Hall of Fame just to do something. It's your own personal um it's not right. This isn't some rule for Major League Baseball. It's their own rules. You can't adapt your own rules. I just don't get that. I mean, let me tell you guys a quick story. But, you know, Steve Garvey is an all-time great Dodger. Can yes. we all agree? Right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's pretty funny. I didn't know he played baseball, too. <laughs> <laughs> Different Steve Harvey Garvey. Um, yeah. but, but seriously, like, Steve Garvey then left the Dodgers and spent a small period of time in the mid-'80s with the Padres. Now, during that time... He hit some big home runs. He played in some really important games. He led a downtrodden organization to some postseason appearances, etc. Okay. They actually have Steve Garvey's number retired at Petco Park in San Diego amongst Trevor Hoffman and uh, Dave Winfield and, and guys who were longtime great Padre players. And I always would laugh at that and go, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen that Steve Garvey has his number retired 
by the Padres. And every time I would talk to Steve, I'd go, Garf, are you a Dodger or a Padre? And he'd go, of course I'm a Dodger. I'm not, you know, I spent a little period of time with the Padres, like Fernando did. So, you know, organizations celebrate their history and the Dodgers are missing out on an important part of their history that in a community like Los Angeles, it should be celebrated. It means a lot. It, it, it means a lot. And, you know, it's, I get it that, you know, when it comes to conversations like all-time greats and Hall of Fame and, you know, blah, 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 goats, you know, we run to the numbers, we run to the championships, we run to longevity. And those things are all valid. One billion percent valid indicators of how successful you were in your career. But it's also missing an essential element, which is the human aspect of it. You know, when you think about, and, you know, thankfully he's in the Hall of Fame anyway, but what Hank Aaron went through, what he went through, that can't be quantified with stats. But it certainly impacted the game every single day. And so when I think about Fernando, I think about the same thing. Like, yeah, sure, we can crunch the numbers and find statistical reasons why someone else may be more deserving. But that's not where we live. We don't live in these these statistical bubbles protected from everything else in the world. We live within the world. And Fernando to do what he did with everything else that was going on and what he meant to the city, to not acknowledge that in a big way is disappointing. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, look, I think we're, we're all in agreement here. And I think most people that are listening would be in agreement here. It is very strange that that's the position the organization has taken. Uh, on a much lighter note, uh, far much lighter note, and speaking of current Dodgers, so I don't know if you realize, but recently it was uh, Viva Los Dodgers Day, and uh, speaking of the Latino influence, and they had a mariachi band there, nice. and Joe, Joe Kelly uh, traded his jersey mid-game with one of the mariachi band members performing during Viva Los, Los Dodgers. Uh, Did it's he on have Instagram. any sticky stuff on it? No sticky stuff, uh, I think, yeah. Uh, but I thought that was cool. I know that Beto Duran uh, tweeted it out or maybe posted it on Instagram. It's got like 30,000 views already. Um, but you can go to Beto's uh, Instagram or Twitter, nice. and, and you can see it there. Um, but, yeah, it, it, that, that part was cool. Um, so if you could do that, you could bend the rules for Fernando is what I'm saying. If we can have Viva Los Dodgers, we should have Viva Los Dodgers with Fernando getting some sort of acknowledgement too. Yeah, A mariachi band or a, a trio? Would we, we know the difference? We, do we know uh, my understanding, was... according to the report, is a mariachi band. Mariachi, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. I'm with so, you. Uh, so, nonetheless, that that is the story there. But speaking of anniversaries, we've got more anniversaries here, including June 29th, 1978. Six Flags Magic Mountain opened its Colossus roller coaster. Who here is a roller coaster person, or not a roller coaster person? I am. A, I'm all in on any roller coaster. I will ride any roller coaster anywhere, anytime. Now, it is scary. I acknowledge it. I got over my fear of roller coasters. And when you're going up, tick, 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 you're like, hey, there's no getting off this thing now. So whatever happens, happens. Um, I love roller coasters. Anybody else here a roller coaster person? Me. I am, I am a roller coaster person. Laura, you're a roller coaster person. I love it. I haven't been in Six Flags in forever because Me I couldn't too. fit in the rides before, <laughs> but now it's on and popping. I Hell can't yeah. wait to go. All right, what's the what's the best roller coaster you've ever ridden? Well, I mean, I only have Six Flags, bro, so <laughs> that's all. Like, I don't travel like that for hey, for you know, park, listen, so. you got Knott's Berry also, which is a oh, really no, good roller no, coaster no, park. No, no, yeah, it's no, all right. No. It's pretty good. 
It's pretty no. good. Why? Knott's is not a roller coaster. That's like a kiddie play. No, 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 no. You got to go. <laughs> you you haven't been. You got to go. I was oh, there. I've been. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I'm telling you, there's a couple of really good roller coasters there. I mean, they're good, but they're not Six Flags high woo kind of feeling. I don't know. There's some pretty good roller coasters there. I, I, I will admit, I, 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 I lied. I will not ride any roller coaster anytime, anywhere. There, there's a roller coaster, and it's like a tiny little ride. It lasts like two seconds. It's at the top of the stratosphere in Las Vegas. And you get on this thing, and it just fires you out, and it looks like you're going to go off the top, and then it just stops. And you think you're going to go flying off the building. It is the only roller coaster I've ever, like, I, I just couldn't get on it. I couldn't do it. How about you, uh, I've been one? on I've been on Goliath before, which okay. is that crazy one that has that big drop at, at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Mm-hmm. X2 is an awesome one at, at Six Flags. It's mm-hmm. the one where you start off going backwards and then you spin around. Yeah, it flips yeah. you. I fun. love all the flips. Anybody ever um, – I, I did the – I wouldn't do the one at the top of the stratosphere in Vegas, but I did jump off the stratosphere. Have you ever seen that ride? Like a bungee they, jump? It, it's not a bungee jump. Because bungee, it takes you down and then it bounces you up and down. Um, this is one where you actually jump off the stratosphere and you land down below, but you're flying through the air and you've got like two um, cords on either side of you and you're strapped in on this thing. And I'm like standing there and I'm going, oh my God, I'm going to die. And they're like, no, no one's ever died. We've never had an accident. We've never had a crash. You're fine. So I just took the leap of faith jumped off the stratosphere and landed on two feet when I got to the bottom of it. It was awesome. LZ, what do you got? I mean, I, I like roller coasters, just not enough to remember the name of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's I like I, I walk into a park. What about the superhero ones? There's a bunch of those. I mean, I'm sure I would ride them. I just don't care to remember the name. I just go to a big one and get on it and go do something else. <laughs> Like, the last time I remembered, like, I'm trying to think. I actually can't remember a roller coaster's name, actually. But I've rode a lot of them. Right. You just, just, just go. You don't I just care. go. Yeah. I yeah. do the same thing with food, too. Like, I don't remember all the cool restaurants that I've been to. I don't remember the name of them. I kind of know the streets, and I can get to them. But if you ask right. me, I'm right. not the kind of person that remembers names. Fair enough. All right, coming up next, we are going to play something that LZ is going to remember, which is Big Deal or No Deal. It's the most listened to segment we have on the show at 630 each and every day. We'll get to that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, speaking of big deals, it's a big deal when you get in an accident for you to call the right attorney. Of course, call my friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Greg? All right, LZ. Mm -hmm. The Sopranos trailer has come out for their new prequel movie on HBO Max. It's going to come out in October called The Many Saints of of Newark. Is a Sopranos prequel a big deal or no deal? Um, Huh. 
I'd say it's a no deal. Mm. I'm going to say it's a no deal. Um, some things you just need to leave alone, man. You know, like trees when you first plant them. Leave them alone. Let them grow. Let them grow. Let the Soprano franchise be what it was. If you loved it so much, then the same creative energy you used to create it, create something else with it. <laughs> so, so I would say it's a no deal. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it. I'm leaning towards no. All right. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go big deal, but here's why. Greg, you didn't mention what I think is the bigger part of this story, which is who's playing young Tony Soprano? Who? His son. James Gandolfini's son. (laughs) It's like, that doesn't help me. Yeah, but isn't that interesting? Because, you know, James Gandolfini died, I want to say, in like 2013 or 14. He was a young guy in his early 50s, died of a heart attack. And his kid was probably like 13, 14 years old at that time because he's 22 now. And so... James Gandolfini's son will play little Tony Soprano in this film, which I think is kind of interesting. So for that reason, I'll go with big deal. Uh, I'm going to say big deal um, because I, I just think that, you know, I think it's a big deal that they're doing the prequel to Game of Thrones. So like I'm okay with it. Um, and I'm okay with, uh, you know, I, even though I don't watch Breaking Bad, I know people love Better Call Saul. Like, prequels are uh, an interesting way of diving back into that world and still being creative in theory and not, um, you know, get lazy with it. I think telling the, the story before the story, I think, is a, a more interesting route than creating a sequel, per se, is my opinion. But that's, that's just me. All right, what's next? On to the next one. All right, so this kind of goes along the same lines of that last one, especially on LZ's question, answer for it. But Sedano, Chris Pratt has a new movie coming to Amazon Prime this Friday called The Tomorrow War, which is completely different from his normal roles, and he wanted it to be that way, of movies that are made off of other movies, comic books, whatever it happens to be, big blockbuster things, saying, I don't know how long that will last or when it will end, but until it does, I'm going to do the things that I want to do. Is this mindset a big deal or no deal? So the question is about Chris Pratt taking on the role? Yes, Chris Pratt taking on a role that he wants to do that is basically something that is not along the same lines he used to do. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not a remake. Yeah, look, you got to push the boundaries, right? Like, and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And if he's willing to do it, I'm good with it. Just because, to LZ's point, there's not a lot of boundary pushing um, and, and creativity. It's a lot of, hey, what's going to make money? And it's, I think post-pandemic, there's going to be less creativity. Uh, I think people are going to go with formulas that work. So the fact that he's willing to try something new, good for him. Big deal. I'm, I'm just say, here for Chris Pratt. It's a big deal. Yeah. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah. No, well, you know, go ahead, LZ, please. No, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to go no deal. I mean, Greg, you're saying that he's going to go out on a limb and do things that he hasn't done. But, you know, I think about Zero Dark Thirty as an example you know, that Chris Pratt was in. And so I, I just look back on his career, Moneyball, as an example. I mean, these are, these are films that he's been in, so is he really going out on a limb, or is he just... I mean, has he been typecast now as Avengers and Thor? Well, what he was talking about was that he had to go audition for something, and then basically he's doing what he wants to do. He's saying yes to movies that he's he wants. He's in control of the roles he's choosing, Correct. is what he's saying. instead of being cast into another role. 
Yeah. All right. I'm still sticking with no deal. Okay. Next. All right, Cap, a copy of Gray's Sports Almanac from the movie Back to the Future with both Christopher Lloyd, who was Doc Brown, and Thomas Wilson, who played Biff, their signatures on it, sold at auction today for $45,000. Is this a big deal or no deal? I'm going to say no deal. Um, if you would have told me that it sold for 450000 or $4.5 million, I would be like, that's out of control. But lots of people who are rich uh, like to collect this sort of stuff, movie memorabilia. And um, given the success of that movie, I think that doesn't sound like ridiculously outrageous. I don't plan on buying a $45,000 piece of movie memorabilia, but I'm going to go no deal. I guess it's a big deal. I mean, it's a lot of money. And if it's like, if that amount of money is $5 to you, then, you know, do you, boo. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go no deal. Like, you know, I mean, I like the movie. I think it's kind of cool. I, I mean, it does seem like a lot of money, and I guess do you boo. I get that, but uh, I don't know, man. It's some fictional book in a movie. If it was, you know, I don't know. I guess if you really must, you must really like the movie, I guess, but it, not my thing. So, no deal. What's next? On to the next one. Uh, let's start with... LZ. Zach McKinstry hit a hit hit a grand slam for the Dodgers the other day. And after the game, McKinstry said that since coming off the IL a few weeks ago, he was closing his eyes on contact, and that's why he was struggling at the plate. And now he's <laughs> made the adjustment of opening his eyes and he's seeing the ball better. Is this a big deal or no deal? You guys are laughing. That is so huge. <laughs> That is so – I've interviewed so many hitting coaches over the years who have talked about players doing the same thing. And I've talked to tennis coaches who have talked about players doing the same thing, that some some athletes will hold their breaths during the exercise and emotion that they need, and some guys and women will close their eyes at the point of contact. So I think it's a huge deal. I think it happens way more often than you know people may know. And so good on him for figuring it out because, you know – Following the ball isn't something that comes natural for a lot of people. It just isn't. And so good on him for getting it corrected. I'm going to also go big deal here because, one, I got to be honest with you, I've never really heard many players talk about closing their eyes at contact, whether it's baseball, tennis, or whatever. I mean, I really haven't. And for him to admit that, because I think a lot of fans would hear that and go, what? You're closing your eyes. You got a 95-mile-an-hour fastball coming at you. How could you close your eyes? So for him to admit that and then to fix that, uh, I find that to be really interesting, so I'll go big deal. Uh, I'm going to say big deal because it, it does seem very elementary. Did we lose the music? Uh, it we seems did. very <laughs> elementary to just keep your eyes open, but it, sometimes it's hard when you're trying to um, – swing as hard as you can in 0.9 seconds or whatever they have by the time the pitcher releases the ball and it gets to the plate and you have to react. I-, I could see where, you know, just whenever you're doing something strenuous, you kind of have a natural instinct to close your eyes some. So um, as I, crazy as that sounds, it makes sense. I will also add, like, if you watch certain players at the free throw line, yeah. there are certain guys who, and women as well, who will keep their eye on the realm the entire process. Uh-huh. There are people who have their head down for most of it, and they don't actually look up and shoot until it's actually time to go through the motion and do Correct. so. Correct. Yeah. And that's very much a similar, same sort of thing. 
there are tennis players who drop their head down before they actually the racket actually touches the ball when they serve. And that's so there are a lot of examples of people having these sort of quirks where they take yeah. their eye off the ball, whether you're closing and moving your head or whatever. Happens a lot. Wow. Yeah. Could you, no, could you imagine being a boxer or a fighter? And you're like, yeah, I've made some adjustments. Um, I, I kept my eyes open because I was getting punched in the face a lot. That is just bizarre to me. True, but th- there are boxes, though, that have to be reminded to breathe. Right. Oh, I would believe that for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. One more, Greg. All right. All right, Sedano. Mark Cuban the other day compared Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis' relationship to Dirk Nowitzki's and Jason Terry's in that the two didn't like each other at first. Mm-hmm. Also that Doncic and Porzingis have had dust-ups throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Porzingis denied it, saying, I have never had any issues off on the court or off the court with my teammates. Tim McMahon of ESPN in Dallas then said, Luka and Kristaps do not like each other. Is this a big deal or no deal? It is a big deal. Tim is right. I mean, Tim is very plugged in there. And Mark said it. So well, Porzingis you know, can right? deny anything he wants. Yeah. But no, it is a, a thing that people around the league know. Um, and it is a big deal. And it's mostly because Porzingis doesn't hold up his end of the bargain. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks, look back at it now. Luka Doncic, without, with very little help from Kristaps Porzingis and a lot of help from Tim Hardaway, uh, particularly, junior, that is, um, it took Kawhi to shoot like 70% in a couple of those games and do like Jordan-type games for them to survive Luka Doncic. Um, so, yeah, I would be mad if I were Luka too. I'd be like, yo, this guy's always hurt. He, he don't play like everyone told me he was going to play. Like, I'd be bummed about him too. Yeah, and I wouldn't compare Dirk and Jason Terry because Dirk was a made man who with an MVP and was established and it's his team. Porzingis was a New York star, whether he deserved to be or not. He was a New York star, traded to Dallas to kind of be a Dallas star with Luka, and it's really just been the Luka show. And these are both young men. Yeah. So they're fighting a different fight than when Jason Terry and Dirk were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I go true. big Jason deal on was this, though. Older. Yeah, I, I go big deal here, though, also, just because think about this. Mark Cuban is willing, and listen, Mark is candid a lot of the time, but he's willing to let you in on some you know behind the scenes kind of dirt that many of us would not necessarily know um so for the owner of the team to publicly explain that these guys don't get along porzingis denying it and then the reports about how much worse it really is i actually think it is a big deal all right that is big deal no deal every day at six thirty. it is our most listened to segment here on the show so thank you for that uh, it's all brought to you by our friends at Sam and Ash Injured Law. If you're injured in an accident, call my friends at Sam and Ash Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. All right, coming up next, certain people can't have nice things. I'll tell you what that's all about in two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You know, Greg. How dare you? You know how, how like, you everyone's got a nemesis, right, in life? 
Everyone. Everyone's yeah. got a nemesis. It's true. Your nemesis is me. Is the person in the mirror sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, there it is. I was right. Okay, good. Is <laughs> it, it's it's that it's words like it just you you give us the fodder like we don't even have to. It's great, honestly. Like it is great. I for do us. appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm it, happy to. Those days I just don't feel like thinking. I just know yeah. you're just going to hand something to me. It's just there. Like it's just like, damn. Here we go. Thank you. You, you know, know what I didn't it's hear? It's nice though? to be appreciated. That's all yeah. I have to say. What I didn't hear when it happened was what LZ said, which was, hey, there's only one day left, and you picked the right time to come I, I out. Did, I did not catch that the first time either, but yes, that was very funny. <laughs> even, yeah. It was very funny. You really have only, to keep your head on a swivel when I have a mic, Greg. Oh, really I, see, I know that. That's true. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that is so funny. funny. Oh, good Lord. Hey, real quick. Um, some people just can't have nice things. And I mean, like, the Milwaukee Are we doing Bucks. A been, oh. No, they I've been watching this first half. They are down fifty one to thirty eight without Trey Young out there. How does this happen? Because the Hawks are a good team, man. They're not that good though. When you were saying, you know, you thought the series were over, I was like, going, I don't know. I don't know, man. Cause they got lemon pepper. Lemon pepper can drop forty on your head before you even know it. I know, but they're missing And, and they're well Trey, coached. DeAndre Hunter's been out in this series. Like they're missing guys. And Bogdanovich is on one leg. Like, come on. If you're the if you're the Bucks, you are healthy, LZ. You cannot lose this game. Well, you shouldn't lose this game, but you know, they're at home. And they I mean, and ever since Nate McMillan took over, they've been a different team. I mean, this, this is a bad loss if Milwaukee loses here, man. Well, it's still, you know, listen, the, the third quarter just started and uh, Atlanta's up by 13, but it is hard to believe, though, when team and I say hard to believe. I mean, it's just hard to imagine that you lose your best player and you still are winning games. I mean, that's why this whole thing that we talked about earlier today about the Clippers is so interesting to me that Kawhi's out and they're battling and they're getting a contribution from Paul George that maybe they didn't know they were going to get. Um, so interesting. When, it, when a top-level guy, when a number-one guy goes out and the team still finds a way to win, I always find that to be fascinating. And so we'll see if this I mean, thing finishes off. I mean, look at this. Lou Williams. Yeah. Four for four, 13 points. I was just saying his name because I know he does these things from time to time. And I look up, and he's the only player in double figures. He's getting buckets. That's just what he does. So, I mean, should they win this game? No, I don't think the Hawks are going to win this game. A 13-point lead in the third quarter is nothing in today's NBA. Yes. But at the same time, I mean, it's not like the Hawks are full of scrubs, man. They got players over there. No, they got nice players, but if you're a fully healthy Milwaukee team, you shouldn't be losing. And we also know Chris Middleton had a career night. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, and right now, just looking at this, P.J. Tucker, Giannis, and Middleton all have a total of eight points, whereas Drew Holiday has a They have a total of 24 points. Correct. They have eight points each. Thank you. Right, there you go. My math, I just, you know. quite all right. You just did the thing Bergman did. You're also your own worst nemesis. At times, at times, especially when it comes to numbers. (laughs) 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 Make it 10 now for Giannis. How about that? Yeah. Um, It's crazy, man. It's just crazy. Hey, you know what I saw? Speaking of anniversaries today, um, Cannonball Run 2 premiered in theaters 37 years ago today. Now, to me, I I was too young for the original Cannonball Run, so I saw two with Burt Reynolds. If we were to redo, like, a Cannonball Run, like, you know, even though I just said and lamented the lack of creativity in in Hollywood at times, but, like, 
There were some prime time famous people in that movie doing this oh, yeah. race thing. Oh, Sammy yeah, Davis Jr. With Dean Martin the driving the right. Ferrari. Dean, Burt yeah. Reynolds, Dom right. DeLuise, yeah. Telly Savalas, Shirley MacLaine, just to name a few, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who would be like who would be the headliners if we did something like that today? Like a cannonball run remake. Whew. I'm gonna need Tiffany Haddish. Okay. I'm going to need Tiffany. Because you need funny people for sure. you got to have funny people. Right. I would put Kevin Hart in the role of Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. They're also small and black. So there's that. And funny. Not just small, but remember the line in the movie was small. You know, SM all. That was what Dean Martin said. <laughs> it was. It was That's, That was the line. Yes. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Uh, now, who would be Bert? Would it be Clooney? Clooney's got to be Bert because Bert was smooth back then. I don't know, man. Need a mustache. I, I don't know. Wait, you don't think that Bert was smooth, or you don't think Clooney could be smooth like Bert? I think the Bert window for Clooney has closed. Really? Whoa! Wait a second. Yeah, this is like breaking news. Was. You think he's out of the Bert realm? When Bert was doing that, was doing that in '84. Look at it. Look at Bert in '84, man. Bert was looking good. Bert looking good. Now, George, yeah. George has moved from looking good to being a handsome, distinguished gentleman. Whoa. Yeah, I feel like this now. is a big moment for us yeah. here discussing this. I don't think that's breaking news. He's like 60 years old. Is Clooney 60? How old is Bert? Bert was born in 1936. He passed away in 2018. So, 1980, he was 82 when he passed. So, that means in 84, he was 48, right? Does that sound right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was 48 when that movie came out. Yeah, he was 48. How old is George Clooney? Let's take a quick look. Clooney is George now Clooney. 60 years old. Oh, wow. You nailed it. You nailed it. Crushing so, it. I mean, ain't nothing wrong. I mean, look, if I look like George Clooney at 60, I'm good, dog. Yeah, yeah. But that that doesn't mean I can play a 40-year-old Burt Reynolds. Yeah. What about but Brad Pitt's 57? Could yeah, Brad do it? Brad Pitt in that role. Hmm. You said smooth. When you say smooth, I'm thinking panty dropper. Okay. <laughs> He's it. So, I mean, Brad is penny dro- panty dropper. Are they still dropping? Let me ask. Oh, Laura. come on! I just Laura? said he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pay, yeah, yeah. All the way down. It seems like they get stuck at the knees. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this ain't this ain't ninety seven. This is you know what I'm saying. Or Shamar Moore. Mm. How about Ryan Gosling? How about now? Mark- now you're now you're finding your groove. Now see now that makes sense to me. Okay. How about Mark Wahlberg? See, now you lost your groove. The beat is over here. I got one, LZ. I got one. How about this? Bradley Cooper. See, now you're thinking. 46. See, See, I just had to push you a little bit. Now you're ready ready to cast. Yeah. We got Kevin Hart. We got (laughs) Tiffany Haddish. And we got Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper could play Burt. Yeah. How about Dom DeLuise? Um, What was the guy's name? Uh, Kevin... Um, Kevin uh, James. Kevin James. Yes. Yes. The uh, guy from uh, the show with Leah Remini. What was no, the I want show? Lizzo. King of Queens. I want Lizzo in that role. Want you want Lizzo in the Tom DeLuise role? Yes. I'm gonna shake it up. Okay. Would uh, you put Key and Peele in there somewhere? Ooh, Key and Peele would be good. Yes. Just together, even them together. Just together. Yeah, yeah. You don't get them together very often anymore, right? right? So. Or they're yeah. busy. Yeah. By the way, a and, cannonball run is such a fun thing to do. Like everybody starts at the same place and you got to go cross country. That's an awesome thing to do. Yeah. I did it on a bike. Seriously. From from San Diego to Annapolis, Maryland, on a bike, cannonball running the entire way, the whole country, six days. It was 
Awesome. Were you wearing those biker shorts? We you don't want to come that. back. Oh, dude, LZ, you know I was rocking those biker yeah. shorts. LZ, do we mm-hmm. have do we have a role for Zac Efron in the Cannonball Run? I mean, we can create one if he's shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> if he how wants about, to come I, some to the table without about, the shirt, then we'll make a role. How about Idris Elba? Idris can do whatever he wants in Cannonball Run. One, yeah. two, three. Idris and four. also forty-eight, by the way. He's he's smooth. He's smooth. You know, as long as like the ages kind of match. Like I don't right. care about the looks per se, but like the ages need to match, and then of course the energy of the characters need to match. Yeah. But like Lizzo and Tiffany Haddish, like they're funny and yeah. talented. Yeah. All Just right, Pratt. we're done here. Dude, we are could Giannis Pratt? be hurt? Could Giannis be hurt right now? Come on, oh, no way. No, he can't be in Cannonball Dog. Oh, yeah. all right. No. Yeah. It's too uh, tall. All right, we're done here. Excellent work, LZ. You too, brother and sister. Excellent, excellent work, Cap. Much love to all. Oh, Giannis might be hurt. We could talk about that tomorrow. Oh, no, that would be bad. Great job, Greg and Laura. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow, 3.55. This series has just flipped if Giannis is in trouble. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you.